0: The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language.
1: Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul
0: Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss.
1: And Nick Prignitz. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast great opportunity here guys we all got a chance to come in the studio together
2: got a trifecta here today paul
1: (laughs) you know obviously uh danny nick and i we all work together at duramax tuner and we don't generally have a lot of opportunities to come down and talk but we did think that this was a special set of circumstances we recently published a video on the duramax tuner facebook page and youtube channel and other social media outlets about the clean sweep a very high c video <laughs> Contro-
2: controversial and dramatic, yes.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So it's been really kind of crazy how fast that video blew up on uh, on all of the social media outlets. Just a ton of comments, a lot of questions, a lot of myths, and we thought that maybe we would get
0: together and kind of talk about it all together in general. I get the goosebumps every time I see the video, and I have watched it a hundred times. Absolutely, absolutely. And also something that happened to us this weekend as far as uh, a business we were mentioned in the new york times they were talking about a lot of things as far as blowing smoke and the bad things in the industry then the very bottom of the uh, article they talk about calibrated power and the clean sweep and how we're one of the only companies that have emissions intact tuning available out there
2: you sneak
1: that in (laughs) that That was nice you know it 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 was a kind of a crazy article to be honest totally agree there the title of the article is rolling coal in diesel trucks to Rebel and Provoke. Uh, It is published in the New York Times online version. I'm sure it'll be in some of their print articles as well. We're going to dive into a little bit of that, uh, I think, here at the end of this.
2: opportunity there.
0: (laughs) But that video led us into that.
1: It did. It did. It really kind of all compiled at once, and we thought this would be a great time to just reach out and give our listeners as much insight as we can. So to kick it off, the first thing I wanted to read to you guys is one of the posts, I think one of the, the most popular posts on the video Bear with me. I'm going to do a little bit of paraphrasing here as I'm reading.
2: Yeah. So you're going to read what was written on our Facebook page, and we're
0: going to have opportunity
2: to respond to it. So you're telling me. That's it.
0: Q&A session with Paul Wilson.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: DPF-equipped trucks are not as fuel-efficient as deleted trucks. I mean factory versus deleted. So the world is consuming more diesel. How is having to produce more diesel better for the environment, unless I'm missing something? Yeah.
2: Okay. So I'll take that one. Um, it's important to address first. So let's break it down into pieces, right? Let's talk about fuel consumption. Fuel consumption uh, difference DPF on versus DPF off. I mean, we're talking a mile per gallon on a tune truck versus a tune truck. If you talk about a DPF off stock truck versus a DPF on stock truck, again, that difference, I'm going to put it at a mile, mile and a half, maybe, um, so then we talk about how much money and time it takes to take emissions equipment off of trucks. So there's an expense there, right? And right. if you're an owner of a truck, you know all about expenses. <laughs> you should anyway, <laughs> you have a pretty large payment to make. Um, so it's important to consider the expenses that you're going to incur, removing the diesel particulate filter and how much fuel you're going to have to burn to bring that back. Um, and then what other expenses you may incur. So potentially fines, um, difficulty selling the truck, um warranty issues. So if you if you are going to try and get a warranty claim on your truck, you're first going to have to reinstall the exhaust, put the truck back to stock, pray that your connectors aren't all, you know, fucked up like they were on the clean sweep when right. you put it back to stock. So there's there's other things to take into consideration there. As far as what's best for the environment, I don't know all the details and data on that. Okay, if you want to read on environmental uh, consumption of diesel fuel, and form your own opinion on that. Uh, you're more than welcome to. What we're, what we're focused on as a company is what's best for our customer. And what's best for our customers, the best running truck they can have and the best
1: value. I, I wholeheartedly agree there. And I think one of, the, one of the key points we had a lot of people miss, and we'll see this as a reoccurring theme through, through most of these questions. They compare a truck off of the showroom floor to their already deleted and tuned vehicle. Yeah, And there seems to be a big disconnect between understanding that if you would have tuned that vehicle emissions equipped and there's not deleted it. a mileage it, gain
2: there too as well.
1: There was something to be said, you yeah. know, and that would be a more fair comparison. For and sure. I think we have to start the conversation there is letting people know there is an option to tune with the emissions intact. Um, and that is a, a viable option. And then we can start comparing that to a deleted vehicle.
2: Yeah. And perhaps we should we have a spreadsheet built for that. So if our listeners want to, you know, fill in the dots on that and, and press equals, <laughs> uh, maybe we should attach that to the podcast episode.
1: Yeah. You know what? That'll be available through Diesel uh, Tuners Blog. Okay. And so if you go to dieseltunersblog.com, we'll have an article about this podcast episode, and you'll be able to download the actual workbook, uh, okay. which is just a simple Excel sheet. So you can do the math, like you said. Sure. Which was really cool. We rolled that out for LMMs back Yeah, in the we've,
2: day. We've put that up a few places. It always gets a lot of attention. Um, you know, it's just neat to see. You you want
1: to see the money side. Yeah. We always say, let's see the math. So, all
2: right. Um,
1: Guys claiming to get five to seven miles better per gallon deleted. And they're also cooler and more efficient overall. Uh, So, maybe the the point here, since we just hit on fuel mileage, is EGT management.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's that's another loaded one. So, anybody claiming to get five to seven miles per gallon more... um, They're on Mars. Deleted. Yeah. I mean... Or That or they're comparing it to an emissions-equipped truck that's having a problem. So okay. the EGR is stuck open, the DPF is plugged, or you got something else going on there, right? The, the difference simply is not 5 to 7 miles per gallon. I don't care who you're talking to or what you read <laughs> on the Internet. That's bogus.
1: It's funny because we hit a thread here <laughs> later on in the comments where somebody claims to be getting 28. And uh, I will say I do love all of the positive feedback out there that we got from our, our already established fans. Of who, course, yeah. They really kind of grilled on... Tell me how to get 28, bud. And uh, <laughs> it, uh, it did not come up with any math.
2: Yeah. So let's, let's get back on the efficiency part and the high EGTs. <clears throat> so if you're running an emissions-equipped truck, your EGTs are going to run hotter. And that's, that's a matter of emissions-equipped tuning strategy. Uh, those catalysts in the exhaust only have an opportunity to do their job when they're at temperature. And that temperature is five to six hundred degrees or higher, depending on what what state they're in. In order to achieve that temperature, the EGTs in the in the exhaust manifolds have to run hotter. So you're talking instead of uh, cruise at 550, 600 or six fifty, you're going to see cruise in the eight hundred to nine fifty range. That's that's just a function of strategy. Um, now as far as efficiency, what is your fit? What Efficiency of what? I, th- I think the the idea here is longevity. <laughs> okay. Operating my truck 400 degrees hotter
1: across the the band, you know, so that that's going to fluctuate some. Yeah, right? yeah. How does that affect the longevity? I think was the the right word that they were looking for there. I think
2: I think the disconnect here is that people are assuming that there's a, a linear difference in parts wear as temperature goes up. So that te- so the parts wear very low or very uh, the least amount it. 500 degrees and they wear a lot at 1400 degrees exhaust gas temperatures well that's not the case Uh, (laughs) gasoline engines for instance run very high egt's okay uh, 13 to 1600 degrees it's not uncommon right so for your diesel truck to be running at 800 or 950 down the road Nothing at all is being <laughs> is being worked at that level. It's just a non-issue. Um, you should not be afraid of an e- of an 800 or 900 degree exhaust gas temp. You should not be afraid of 1100 degree exhaust gas temps. Once you see, see things starting to crest the 1300 mark and head towards 1400, that's when your ears should perk up. And really, the by the time your emissions equipped truck is doing that, your DPF deleted truck would be within 100 degrees of that. So there's the slope right there is is a consistency between, you know, between those two trucks at that point. And that's that's really where I would encourage our listeners to focus is under under load, heavy load, are you really seeing that much of a difference in exhaust gas temperatures? And is it more than 100 degrees? Right. Okay. And, and I
1: think that is the really strong point there is that it, there's not a linear where it's par to temperature ratio, right, right, and I, I, a lot of guys get stuck into this idea. They call in, they want to know, well, how can I drop EGTs? Well, why are you looking to drop EGTs? That's, yeah,
2: yeah, they're nervous about a thousand degrees, or they're nervous about nine hundred degrees. And really, if there's if the truck is in good mechanical shape and there's nothing else going on wrong with it, that's nothing to be concerned about right. at all. Like, and, and with
1: nothing. the emissions equipment, the goal here, as uh, my understanding is, we're trying to find a passive regen. So we're trying to get the truck to burn off some soot without having to dose fuel. So operating at a higher temperature in general is good for the emissions equipment. Yeah. so, So there's really no drawback here in the EGTs, as long as we're not cresting, like you said, that danger zone. Right. I also think it's interesting to note, have you noticed that after all of the years of diesel, I mean, all the way back to the 90s when they first started putting them really together in a mass production wise, all the way till now, we've never seen an EGT probe at the manifold from the OEM.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a reliability issue there right right so so
1: they don't put a probe in there because it, it would seem that the probes don't last and we see this in competition
2: trucks right the probes don't last um not at not an oem spec level right um and there's there's other issues there but it what it boils down to is that manufacturers can predict exhaust gas temperatures really accurately by understanding how much airflow is coming from the mass airflow sensor what the barometric pressure is what the pressure in the manifold is uh, what the engine RPM is. So w- once you know those things, you can predict, you can build an EGT model. So they really don't need an EGT probe in the in the uh, manifold. And a lot of the manufacturers now are going to EGT protected systems. So they're under, they understand what the EGT is in the manifold and they can derate the truck or back fuel down as EGT comes into what they would consider a danger zone for their parts.
1: That's so cool. I, I think it's so interesting to think about it in that scale of Well, maybe that EGT probe is not the most accurate. Maybe that's not the best way to measure stress on the engine. It's one element. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Danny, this is a question I got on the page for you. Um, Tell me about the suspension setup in CleanSuite.
0: The suspension setup, well, if you reference back to the Dirty Hooker episode, everybody knows that we're running the Dirty Hooker suspension stops. And uh, also uh, we're running the Big Hitch that you can buy from them. It's just they're solid parts we run hoops we run a lot of safety equipment that way uh, since we've hooked almost 20 times this year with it we just wanted to make sure that if you know one of the spectators were watching god forbid we threw a u joint or something they'd be safe right so we we set up the truck to be safe first and then second we wanted to be able to compete with these guys that are running eight nine thousand horsepower on the track <laughs> in a stock class air quotes stock class yeah, right.
2: <laughs> So you got a, it's a basic setup, man, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, what do you do? with torsion bars.
0: We drop them down. I mean, this isn't. We're not reinventing the wheel here. This is the things that have been done before. We uh, we're running your basic setup. You know, we're running um, basically almost like a budget build. There's not much you had to do to it. Uh, we yeah. run tie rod sleeves on the front end. Drop the front end down. We raise our hitch height to 26 inches, and uh, you know, it's got that kind of rear end high angle, that rake to it, so that way we don't get into a hop adjust tire pressure properly and make sure everything is good but we needed that solid setup to compete with those big dogs.
2: Yeah the truck is stuck to the ground really well I mean it's basic but it works. Yeah yeah the Cognito
1: A-arms and the tie rods up front I think were probably one of the most hit questions that guys were looking for like what do you do to the front end on an sure. LML?
2: Sure yeah yeah as long as you can maintain those uh, those good CV angles and you can see it in the videos of the truck going on the track it goes down you know it just starts with a good rake but it goes down to the track goes down the track Very evenly. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've had a few hop situations, but for the most part, the truck has a very aggressive grip on the track and it it snuffs itself out at the end almost every time.
0: It makes it look like it's too easy almost. When you watch the videos, (laughs) people say, oh, it didn't look like it was doing anything. Well, that was the point of it. It's effortlessly working here to try to get to 300 plus feet. Uh, One of the biggest things, though, uh, that really kind of irked me, they're like, one one guy he was a little uneducated he asked me because you have all your missions equipment on does that give you a benefit over these guys that are deleted because you're beating these guys and it really made me at first i chuckled and i'm like well then i thought about it Well, we're winning versus deleted guys they're wondering why we're winning right because are we cheating with our missions equipment is that possible
2: <laughs> I, I wish that was possible
1: <laughs> well i think that's actually that that leads me right into my very next question danny so thank you that was the perfect transition uh the next guy dpfs and def choke trucks out plain and simple that's that's the whole quote there um yeah yeah i would have thought the video proved the exact opposite of this
2: yeah i mean I, it's it's again it Maybe he's seen a truck that had a failed DPF, and and that choked the truck. Um, but I mean, we can we have the ability to look at pressure differential across the DPF as the truck is going down the track, so we know what the what the choke is, right? Right. And it's is it more than a DPF deleted truck? Yes. I mean, there is a there is a higher pressure differential. You're seeing two psi of pressure across the DPF going down the track, or or maybe more, depending on RPM. It really depends on RPM. But if you get the truck at the power level that you want and you get it set up at the right RPM, you know, if you're not running 4,500 RPM down the track and you're still within the operating range of the DPF, it's it's not a huge choke point and that should be evidenced by its performance. Okay. I. I would tend to agree with you on this one.
1: <laughs> I thought, like Danny said, with, with us beating deleted trucks, wouldn't it be obvious the DPF and DEF are not a choking point? That was an old theory. That was something mm-hmm. we all thought yeah. back in the day. Yeah. I mean, not at, not at this power level. I don't think it's a major issue. All right. Okay. Um, just imagine what it do deleted. So Imagine, right?
0: <laughs> I, I would imagine that. But I'll tell you, we've beat trucks that were deleted with similar horsepower and even maybe less or more horsepower, and we still beat them. So that's really invalid to me.
1: Well, I think this plays into the question of, would you estimate the truck to make a significant amount of more horsepower at this power level? So in other words, if you took Clean Sweep and deleted it today,
2: what would the gains be? That's really what this question is driving Mm -hmm. at, right? What is the difference if you were deleted? And I don't think we speculated on that post, but... uh, We have dynoed plenty of deleted trucks at the shop. They come in for dyno testing, um, typically within 10 horsepower at the 520 mark. So a emissions equipped truck will be within seven to 10 horsepower of a deleted truck. So now that we're at the 620 mark, I would anticipate maybe a 10, 12, 15 horsepower difference. So, you know, we're at 617, I think we dynoed and, uh, you know, delete the truck. Maybe you get to, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say you make 630. Right. Um, I can tell you on any day of the week, truck setup is going to be worth more than 13 to 15 horsepower
1: that, by For far. Sure. And we've yeah. proven that. Anybody who's been sled pulling, I think, has a pretty good understanding it's not just horsepower. Right. Right. And yeah, especially I mean, at that small of an increment.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Setup goes a long way. Yeah. And, and even seat of the pants, if you were to drive a deleted truck versus driving the clean sweep, I would be surprised if your seat of the pants dyno could detect. If you could roll the windows up so you can't hear it, I don't think you'd know.
1: Yeah, like, to sound, be honest. The sound gets you. You know it what is. I mean? When you're driving a deleted truck, the sound is... Uh, they hear the turbo whistle. They just assume it's fast. That's, mm-hmm. that's the God's honest truth, which I did, too. Yeah. Um, Danny, this one was for you. How often are you going into region?
0: that's a loaded question as well. A lot of these questions are questions that are different case and scenarios. So if you're just driving a truck, I've had a chance. So we're talking about three trucks here. We're talking about a deleted truck. We're talking about uh, a non-deleted truck with just factory tuning. Then we're talking about um, a non-deleted truck with, you know, tuning on it. So emissions intact truck with tuning, you know, it matters what truck you're talking about. But as far as mileage, I have had a chance to drive all three trucks, and I got to tell you, power and mileage are real close to each other.
1: Well, I think this one specifically was clean sweep. So how often is clean sweep going into regen? So if you start off a day, I don't think the DPF ever goes to zero, but let's let's pretend it did. If you started off the day at the track with zero grams of soot, what's an average? How quick do you pick up soot, and then how quick do you burn it off? Yeah,
2: I mean, we've seen the log files from Danny Pulling. And uh, it would be unwise for him to make more than three hooks on the truck okay. in a row.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it, the truck puts up with one hook, two hooks just fine. The third hook, you can see the differential pressure getting up there. Um, so it makes sense to take the truck out on the street, run it through a regen at that point. Um, you know, and we're talking, what, 20, 30 miles of driving. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you were driving the truck daily to work, that'd be a non-issue anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so...
0: Oh, that yeah. your at
1: the McHenry County Fair, Danny actually you, you would hook three times. Three
0: times, that was the most.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then so Danny hooked three times at the McHenry County Fair, was killing it. Uh that's about twenty miles away from my house. He came to pick me up in the middle, so we had another poll going on that same night back at the fair. Yep for the shootout. DPF was almost full. Uh you're up to forty some grams of soot in it. Yeah, when we got it to go in. Yep. Drives drives twenty minutes away, picks me up, drives back. The DPF's cleaned. Yeah. Sure. And we went and hooked two more times that night. Yeah, fresh,
0: fresh, uh, you know, filter. Yeah. So, but yeah, to answer your question, I like to have a fresh regen before I, you know, drag race or truck pull just to have the best advantage. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, normal driving, um, you know, that question is, if if you're concerned about that, uh, it really depends on how aggressively you're beating the truck. So if you're driving... um, I would say medium aggressive, <laughs> 250 miles between regions would be the short number. Um, on the highway, you can go as much as 700 miles, especially if you have a load behind the truck and it's warm. All right. Uh, but 250 to 400 miles. So once every tank of fuel would be pretty typical on the clean sweep, I would say.
1: Okay. That's the same as like a DT520 setup, somebody who has an yeah. intake, a lift pump,
2: you know the basics. Well, I mean, we're we're making more horsepower and we're using more fuel, but we're also moving more air through the engine, so we're burning that soot off. All right. And I think a lot of guys
1: are starting to learn that there there's an efficiency scale, right? So more horsepower does not equal more smoke. We've proven that there's no equation there. Yeah. Uh. So it is really starting to nice to see that uh, starting to move in our favor.
0: The biggest thing I get asked though so is why? Why are you guys doing this? And the answer is because it's the law. And it's the right thing to do. It's the industry, and it's where it's going. And a lot of people, um, I mean, don't blame us for doing this. We were put in this situation, you know. All right. So.
1: Yeah, no, I would I would wholeheartedly agree there. Uh, okay. I do have another quick question. So I have somebody looking at uh, some other drop-in turbos mm-hmm. for their LML, yep. and they're considering the Stell 64 that's being run on the clean sweep. Now, they want to leave the truck emissions intact, and their question is, do you know— anybody else who's offering emissions-intact turbos
2: besides us? Um, I mean, the, the turbo itself, anything within reason, any smallish turbocharger can be tuned to emissions-intact. Um, how it's going to perform really just depends on testing, right? So, I i can't I can't speculate. Okay. Um, I, th- I think one of the guys on there mentioned a uh, A five blade or a a compressor wheel upgrade essentially correct and uh, the the answer to that would be if you can move more air through the engine then you can maintain the air fuel ratio make more power then yes it will it'll make more power and if it's small and it spools up quickly and maintains variable geometry turbocharger then we can tune it emissions intact okay so I think that kind of leads me into some of the basics out there because we've had
1: a lot of conversations Danny and I about lag Right, mm-hmm. and what what one guy considers laggy to the other guy considering laggy. Mm-hmm. So I think a forty ninety four, like a Power Max Stage Two, is a pretty well known turbo. I think that kind of gives us a baseline. I think everybody in this room agrees that's a very laggy turbo for a daily driver, sure. unlike an LBZ with stock fuel, mm-hmm. right? So about six
2: hundred horsepower. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's not laggy compared to an S four hundred, but it. it Compared to stock, it is noticeably laggier, yes. Right.
1: How would something with that much lag, how would something that feels like that in an LBZ, what do you think the potential is? Do you think that would just build soot too fast for a daily
2: driver with an LML intact? Anything can be be tuned not to build soot. Okay. But what you have to remember is that you always have to be leading the engine with air. So the air-fuel ratio has to be in favor of the air side. So what you're going to be doing is waiting for that turbocharger. So every minute you had to wait for that turbocharger on an LBZ, you're going to have to wait for it even more on an LML or an emissions-equipped truck. So bad. (laughs) What was bad on an LBZ will be slightly worse on an LML. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that's
1: really good insight when we're starting to look at this because I think we're going to start to see this – emissions intact or this uh, emissions present kind of movement starting to follow. And we're going to start finding guys out there who who want to move forward with this, who want to keep their truck, the emissions intact, so they can drive in places like New Jersey and California and things like that. Canada. Canada. Yeah, certain spots of Canada and uh, and actually not have to worry about huge fines. Mm-hmm. And that brings me into the article. So as we start talking about the article that was published in the New York Times, um We start kind of getting into some questions here. So first of all, any initial comments from the peanut gallery? What do you think, Daniel?
0: I was excited. When somebody comes up to you and you're sitting in the pits and they say they're from the New York Times, you kind of look at them funny and you second-guess them. But then I look and I see, you know, they got the New York Times badge on. They got, you know, the lanyard and everything is official. And uh, it was just really cool to have the opportunity to get um, some publicity that way. So
1: it... It seemed like a slightly slanted article, if I could just be upfront with my opinion about oh, it. Oh, I
2: think anybody in the diesel industry who reads that article just Im- immediately is going to have a reaction of <laughs> just fuming, you know what I mean? It, it
1: was. There were so many, I think – I think it was it, it was great to see an outsider's view, right? Like when she writes about this, she's not a terrible writer or anything. Uh, Roland Cole has origins in truck pulls, which pickups compete to pull heavy sled the furthest. I feel like basic. that's a bit of an oversimplification <laughs> on two very big topics right there. Right, rolling coal. I don't know that you could. I don't know how she traced that back to sled pulling. Yeah. Number
2: one. Yeah, I think what she means is that kids see sled pulls and they dream of rolling coal and they buy a diesel truck and they want to do the same thing. You know what I mean? Or young guys. Or you, it's just uh, it's, it's their association to the sled pull. Um, I agree.
1: I think it's that smoke equals power. That right. old idea that right. yeah. if you see smoke, you have power, and yeah. that's.
2: Of course, right? You went to sled pull, you saw a badass truck blow a bunch of smoke and pull the sled the furthest. Like, I also want to be badass, so why would I not do this? <laughs>
1: and um, just I, I wanted to give everybody the Illini State Pullers League president, um, Scott Vivian, said, we pull for bragging rights and smoke isn't a big part of it. And I think if you're actually in the pits and you were to actually take the EPA out of the conversation and ask guys, does smoke matter? They would all say no. No, according to the furthest matters. Right, it's foot, like it's, how far can I drag this thing down the track? But yet when we we bring the EPA into the conversation, everybody seems to have a very personal offense to it.
2: We get very sensitive about the smoke at that point, yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Now I will say, obviously, Calibrated Power being the only company mentioned, uh, Danny Voss being the only uh, emissions-equipped truck there, um, that we know of, the only emissions-equipped dedicated sled puller.
2: Yeah, there's very few guys pulling emissions equipped in the country. There are a few out there, and I applaud them. But uh, as far as making two dozen hooks this year, I don't I don't know that anybody else has done that. Right,
1: right. I will say in the article, she seemed to have um, some heavy-handed uh, words for the Diesel Brothers. Mm-hmm. I think just about everybody that's actually a really dedicated member of the, yeah. the sled pull community would probably agree with her on that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this whole article is is. Is against rolling coal in public, on city roads, um, in a in a malicious way towards other motorists and cyclists. And really, I don't think anybody anybody listening to this podcast probably has an uh, an offense to that. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm driving on the road, it's it's my right not to be obstructed by the soot of your vehicle. <laughs> like, right. I, I shouldn't have to navigate soot. On a roadway. Likewise, if I'm a bike bicyclist, like I, sh- I shouldn't have black smoke blown on me by a truck, um, and and be forced to huff that. Like it's, it, it just shouldn't be that way. Um, the sled pulling thing is a totally different thing, right? I mean, the reason that we run Clean Sweep and the reason that we run in the sled pulling class is to show that you can make power through a DPF, and hope that translates to guys who are driving on the road also don't want to blow a bunch of smoke and who want to be uh, clean and stealthy and, and have that section work. But I mean, really, this this article ties together two things that aren't necessarily tied together, sled pulling and blowing smoke on motorcycles right. and, and other cars. You know what I mean?
1: No, there there is. There's a big jump from where it started and kind of why she started writing the article, what she writes about in there, yeah. to where it went with sled pulling being attached to that. Like you said, it's a closed track. You actually generally pay to go watch these guys do it Mm -hmm. outside or in an arena in a controlled environment. Um,
2: It's a competitive atmosphere. I mean, there's really, there's no laws on sled pulling trucks blowing smoke. You can blow as much smoke as you want as a sled pulling truck. The EPA is not going to do anything about it. It's a competitive atmosphere. Um, So it really, you know. And I think it ties back into our video as
1: well about what was the intent. When we put our video out there, we're not saying stop doing what you're doing don't sled pull don't blow smoke that that's not our intent
2: yeah our intent was just to show that it's can be done it can be done exactly that we can do it we can make a bunch of hooks at the end of the season we can run the truck through regen just like we did at the beginning of the season and really there's it's a non-issue um you know the guys who are afraid of their trucks breaking because they had dpf's on them i mean we give this thing an ass kicking of its life this season yeah Still runs fine, and
0: I still have my man card. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that, that was a question somebody asked me. Did you know? Did you get your man card taken away? <laughs> All right, you know, and then I responded. I said it was kind of neat to actually end up. You know when it was all said and done a couple of the polls that we had some great success at we were taking man cards
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it's all about the footage it's uh and i think that's what that's what's driving this thing here it's the form follows function and the function is to get the most footage uh, to get the highest horsepower to get the best driving truck if that means smoke then that means smoke and that that has been in the past but i think in the future we have the technology to control this air fuel ratio thing. We have the technology in turbocharging. It's um, just no need for it.
0: I had a chance to talk to a very well-known sled puller in the industry. Everybody would know his name, but I'll keep him anonymous because of uh, his requests. But he, he told me, he said, you guys, if I end up pulling this open truck with a DPF on it in the future, that's gonna ruin sled pulling forever. and whatever you guys are doing, I, I appreciate what you're doing on the street, but if it comes to this in a competitive format, I want nothing to do with it.
1: Do you think that's that's in response to the segment of the video where we said we would love to see an
2: emissions-equipped sled pole class? I think that's probably, that's probably the response there. And I think there's a lot of fear that goes around this thing. You know what I mean? I mean? Anytime there's a potential change in the industry, there's going to be fear. There's going to be, I can't move from the status quo. Like this is This is what I know. You know what I mean? And I think it's important that people understand that we're not trying to make 2,000, 3,000 horsepower trucks or sled pullers or tractor pullers run DPFs on their tractors. That's not at all what the clean sweep movement is about. That's not at all what we're about doing at CPS. We're about high horsepower street trucks tuning on the street and proving that it can also be competitive in a sled pulling atmosphere. I think that comment about the DPF-equipped class was about the street class. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it just makes sense to, to drive the innovation on the track that you can make use of on the street.
1: And I think it ties back into what we were saying earlier. If if smoke equaled power, if that was true, we wouldn't be talking about using DPFs, right? Like if, if the EPA wasn't cracking down on the industry, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be talking about using DPFs. We would have stuck with the status quo. Our intent is not to to make people change. It's saying the industry has already
2: changed. Yeah, there's pressure in the industry already. We, we didn't create the pressure. It, I right? wanted a, a
0: great point because that is not us. This is, we're just dealing the cards that are, we're playing the cards that are dealt. That's we're,
2: it. We're doing the best, making an opportunity where we can see opportunity.
0: And there was a time
1: that we didn't believe in the emissions equipment. There was a time that we didn't think that it was gonna work or we didn't think that it was effective enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. We've all seen LLYs with 200,000 miles of the EGR pulled off. We got it. Yeah but the reality is that the industry has changed the parts have gotten better the government regulations have gotten tighter and if you want to continue to do this in a long term you have to be a part of it
2: yeah yeah i mean that's that's where our market is that's where our customers are look the factory is releasing this year what 440 horsepower stroke rumor of a 450 horsepower lml there's factory high horsepower clean running emissions equipped trucks and there's always going to be guys out there who are looking for the extra 100 150 200 horsepower they want a nice driving stealthy smokeless truck that is our focus And that's what we're using the Clean Sweep and our competitive uh, forum for.
0: You kind of have to get out of the mentality of going back to what you know. We talked about this in previous episodes, you know, when um, EFI came out for cars, they were putting carburetors on those cars because they knew (laughs) them. And I see this trend happening with our emissions equipment. And just because the LMM left such a poor taste in everybody's mouth with the whole entire deal, that's really people's mentality. I feel like they got scarred yeah. But they really need to open their mind up and realize that things are better, things are different. This is an 07.5 to 2010 era. All right. Yeah. right.
2: Things are getting better.
0: Exactly. Excellent. Well, this has been Paul Wilson. I'm Danny
1: Voss. And I'm Nick Pregnitz. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTutor.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Danny at
0: DuramaxTuner.com.